welcome to another wishy-washy episode of We Only Look Thin. Wow. I am Catherine Weigel. I'm one of your hosts. And quite frankly, I've lost 140 pounds. That's, oh, boy. That's less than before. <laughs> I'm being honest. That's not wishy-washy. Yeah. Uh, and and with, oh, is this We Only Look Thin? This is We Only Look Thin. And with me today is... Donald Weigel. And uh, I have lost about 100 pounds. See, I say about 100 pounds so well, that I can like I can fudge it just a little bit. I am uh, I'm being honest right now. I know I've said, you know, casually, like, oh, I'm up a couple of pounds. But quite frankly... It's at about 140 pounds right now. It was 145, but I am uh, working my way back to you, babe. And in this <laughs> oh, case, wow. babe is 145 pounds lost. So well, uh, I usually, I, I like this is refreshing. Usually, Catherine lies to you all the time, <laughs> but this time she's being honest for once. Well, no, but it, you know, it's like no, it's 145 pounds. Like yeah. I've been saying it kind of like that, and now it's about 140. So I'm, uh, I'm doing some work. I'm getting back on track. So. Well, I, I go up. I mean, thank you for being honest. You're welcome. And, and saying that I go up and down within about a almost 10 pound range and you know it's just been that way for the last three years and so it's just i it's a sort of a shortcut for me to say about 100 pounds well, like it's sometimes it's 95 96 sometimes it's 103 like well you but, know. but here's the thing i was vacationing at about 140 pounds lost yeah but now it's my permanent residence like i was like oh, oh no yeah. i'm just up a little bit but now my mail is being forwarded and so i feel like i actually live here now so i'm uh that's well still we, we've had decent. a lot of indulgences lately with uh with uh two birthdays within 10 days yeah, of each anniversaries. other and anniversaries and so yeah so we're uh we're uh, committing to getting back down to the lower end of that range. But the thing is, is that it happens, and we've talked about this before, it happens so discreetly that yeah. you don't even notice it, that it just sort of like, oh, it's a pound, it's a pound. And I know uh, we have gotten a couple of emails from people saying, hey, could we have an update on Kate? How is Kate doing? People who are still a couple of years behind on the podcast. Yeah. And she had said uh, she was a guest on the podcast for a little while. And she had said that when she regained, it was just kind of like, oh, it was just three pounds. It was just five pounds. It was just 10 pounds. And then suddenly she regained 100 pounds. And, yeah, that, uh, that really has stuck with me, actually, yeah. when she said that. Like, she was was like, oh, I, I can lose 10 pounds easily. It's only 10 pounds. Yeah. So I'm trying to just be honest about it. And uh, it is a, a never ending process. We say that we are not fixed, but just in a little dose of honesty for today, it's still at about 140 pounds, which many would say, that's great. And then like in a month from now, I'd be like, well, it's still 130 pounds. Well, you know, 90 pounds is a great amount to lose, but uh, I don't want to only look thin. I want to uh, get back to the part where people actually say I look, uh, I look thin. So Donald said the other day, you look great. You look good. I don't see any changes. And I said, that is the problem because you see me every day. Yeah. You don't realize the slow creep. The so. problem is me giving you compliments. So yeah. I'm not going to do it anymore. No, no. <laughs> we're just, we're getting raw. We're setting boundaries, which the is what we're doing today. Boundaries. You brought it around um, to the topic. Yeah. My jeans are actually the boundaries that we have to work with. So that's another episode. <laughs> you go outside the boundaries of your jeans. Yeah, we, have, we have problems. I'm wearing a wine barrel. So we have just talked about recently, the last two episodes, in fact, have been all about boundaries. And some might say to themselves, boundaries, what does that have to do with weight loss? Well, go back and listen to those two episodes and we'll tell you. But boundaries are one of the things that, you know, we were very deep into this, um, possibly even to the point of hitting our goal weights before we really like thought about a lot of these things. And 
going into this weight loss process, I always thought for years and years, it was just like, get me on the right plan. Like, okay, if somebody would just tell me exactly what to eat and exactly what exercises to do and when to do them, I could get there. But really, I, I have discovered that this is so much more about mindset and about things that we don't think about that, you know, when talking about weight loss and fitness. And one of those things is setting boundaries. Because when you say yes to something, you are saying no to something else. And most of the time that no is self-care and taking care of yourself and having time to really focus on your health and fitness goals. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I definitely had no idea that I had boundary problems. Even in this last time during venture, I was about six months into losing weight before I realized that I had a problem with secret eating and revenge eating and martyrdom of, oh gosh, no one works harder. No one, you know, puts in more effort. Nobody appreciates me. And all of that language turned to me self-soothing with food. I had no idea until my 40s that that was an actual issue. And until I took some time to really manage those emotional eating instincts and start setting boundaries, my life has changed. And it feels much better to be in a position where I'm self-aware and I realize that, you know, a package of ho-hos is not going to solve (laughs) my problems, but it has been a process. And all of this we've done, like Donald said, two episodes on boundaries already. This is uh, the third part. We also did one like a year ago called Dog the Boundary Hunter. Yeah. Um, This is an ongoing process. And within boundaries, my problem is I always want to be just the extreme and I want to cover every single boundary issue that's ever happened in humanity. And I know I can't do that. So some of these, uh, what we're going to talk about today isn't going to apply to everyone. But generally speaking, we can have personal boundaries, family boundaries, work boundaries, neighbor boundaries, lots of different boundaries. So as we go through this episode, know that we're not going to cover every single exhaustive thing about boundaries in the entire world, but we're going to do our best. Yes, indeed. (laughs) This is a 17-part series on boundaries. It's not exhaustive, but it is exhausting. Uh I was was thinking that, but you said it. We share one tiny brain. So as a brief recap of the last episode, where we left you last time, dear listener, was talking about thinking about a situation that you've been in in the past where you felt like your boundaries were compromised, where you might have felt angry or taken advantage of. And then we asked you to ask yourself what boundary was compromised. We gave you a list of a number of different boundaries, like your time was wasted, you felt unappreciated, you felt disrespected, blah, blah, blah. You can go on. And (laughs) there were like 25 different things that we talked about there. So you can go back and listen to that. And then what specifically upset you about the situation? I know I've had a lot of issues with feeling like my time has been disrespected. uh, And For me, it takes a while to process why I'm upset about something. And in the past, I thought if I didn't know exactly what I was feeling in the second, that I didn't have the right to go back and tell someone what I needed, which led to a lot more resentment and eating and glaring, a lot of glaring. A lot of glaring. And I have had lots of issues with people, you know, not being able to read my mind. (laughs) What? Rude. I think you, you go way too far into the superhero realm where you just imagine that people are mind readers. Exactly. Uh, well, you know, I am who I am. I I just, I want people to 
to just know that I don't actually want to do something or that I don't have time for something, even though I've said yes to it. <laughs> yeah, no, I I had a really big boundary issue. I think the first time I actually addressed it, um, I'm not going to name any names and situations. I'll just totally obscure it. But I had a really big boundary issue where I just expected everyone to know the right way to treat me in a particular situation. And it built up this wall of resentment so much so that whenever I spoke to this particular person, yeah. I was just annoyed and rolled my eyes because I just imagined they would act in the way I would act, sort of like that unspoken love language. Right. And when I finally realized I had a boundary issue and needed to assert it, I know I'm being really vague right now, but this is what you get. Uh, I know a lot of people listen to the show. It took me a week to build up the courage to tell the person what I wanted and I felt sick about it, like actually sick about it. And then I said what I needed. And guess what they said? Okay. Uh, yeah. They said, okay, okay. I didn't know you needed that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I've been waiting three years to tell you this. And you just said, okay, rude. Yeah. So it uh, turns, <laughs> turns out that if you just say what you need, not that people have to agree with you. Maybe we'll save that for later. But it all that energy that I took, all that anger that I had seeping around inside me, it was just solved in like one question. And then it was a yes. So anyway, that's the end of the episode. Yes, the Do end what of the I episode. Did. No, uh, the one of the that is one of the first steps in really trying to assert your boundaries and to make yourself heard. And it's decide what would have made you feel respected and equal. For in the sure. Moment. Like think about what is it that is making you upset? Identify that and then turn it around and figure out what would have made it okay and then ask for that thing. Right. So um, I will give another example. I won't be as vague. All right. Um, someone was coming into town and said, hey, Catherine, uh, I'm coming into town. I don't know when I'm going to be able to see you, but kind of be available Monday through Friday. Is that cool? Oh, yeah. And I said, uh, okay, because I was like, well, I don't see them very often. I've got to be available. But I put my entire week on hold. Can I make other plans with other people? Can I go to Target? Can I like do anything? No, I had to wait. And it turned out every day they kind of said, well, let me check with you tomorrow. Let me check with you tomorrow. And I said, okay, okay. And the resentment built every day. Until the last day when we finally hung out. So I was mad for a whole week about my time being disrespected, as though it was their job to figure out why I was mad. Okay, so then I went back and realized why I was mad. I felt like my time was disrespected. What could have changed? I could have said, hey, glad you're coming to town. I'm available Wednesday after 5 p.m. If it doesn't work, then we'll just see each other next time. That's how I could have been like an advocate for myself and my time yeah, instead of being sure. like, oh, well, they don't respect my time. No, they're setting their boundary. They are available. Like, they'll let me know. And if I don't tell them otherwise, I'm never going to get what I want. Yeah, we talk a lot about the process of weight loss and fitness, and you have to treat it sort of like a science experiment. And this is no different. You think about what would have made it better and when you're in a situation like this, and then the next time something similar comes up, you'll be better prepared to deal with it. For sure. So now that I know that time is a big issue for me and feeling anxious about not knowing my schedule, because I like schedules. Yeah. Um, 
is actually knowing that next time, if I'm in this situation, I can just tell someone what would make me comfortable in terms of availability. I don't have to make myself available just because someone else has a schedule. I can determine that for myself. And that's much more empowering than just being angry and eating about it. Yeah. And look, I just want to say, and I'll probably say this again, this stuff can be really difficult, especially when you're dealing with close friends and family, people who may not understand, people that you're afraid just will not, you know, if you assert a boundary, you're going to be afraid that they'll think that you don't care about them anymore. Um, It can be really tough. And, you know, we've definitely been in those situations too. But it is, it is really important to at least as much as you can to try this stuff. And just like most things, the more practice you have at it, the better that you'll get at it. Well, for sure. And, you know, and we'll talk about work boundaries too a little bit later, because sometimes you kind of don't have a choice about someone else's boundary, especially when it comes to your boss. Yeah. Uh, but also recently, I heard someone say that they, they were complaining about a boundary issue. And they said, gosh, this person doesn't have any boundaries about the person that they were upset about. Right. And I said, no, that's their boundary. Like we had a friend come over for a party and everybody else left and he just wouldn't leave. Right. And we were like, oh, super tired. And he's like, oh, that's nice. Like, you mind if I just watch Seinfeld? And Now, granted, hanging out with us is pretty awesome. Oh, it's pretty So I don't blame anyone for not wanting to leave. But like everyone else had gone. (laughs) Yeah, but, but that's the thing. To say that that person didn't have any boundaries isn't actually the truth. The truth is we didn't say, all right, scoot, get out now. Yeah, like, yeah, that's... like, hey, we, uh, we'd like to you know, go about our evening now. Well, and that's why being passive aggressive about it doesn't actually work because right. not everybody gets these social cues. You're pretending so... that you're like sleepy and yawning and all that. Exactly. Yeah. So in the past, I used to think that boundaries or people asking questions was a very black and white issue. It was either yes or no. Yeah. But the good news is there is a giant spectrum between yes and no. And we're going to talk about the different alternatives you might have to those uh, those big questions that are posed. So in lots of social situations and family situations, we feel like if someone asks us a question or asks us to do something, that we have to have an immediate answer. There's a lot of pressure to just say yes. And part of the safety of saying yes is sort of like, well, I'll just figure it out later. Like, I, I'm, I'm too embarrassed to say no. Like, I don't know what to do. So you feel cornered and like you have to say yes, especially if you don't have anything else going on. Yeah. Like, you have to justify your availability. Yeah. Yeah, you do not have to be busy to say no. Like that yeah. is not a a prerequisite for saying no. It is okay just to not want to do something or to want to focus on your own health and fitness or, or whatever it is that you want to focus on. It is okay. For sure. And I think one of the best lessons that I learned is giving yourself space between the question and the answer. So if it's possible, give yourself time to consider a response. That might include saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to need to check my calendar or hey, I need to check with my spouse or whatever. Giving yourself a little bit of space because everybody's been in that situation where you also, you say yes to something and then you look at the calendar and realize that you already had something planned. So give even if you don't actually have a calendar, 
even if that's old-fashioned. You can just tell people that you keep a paper calendar and it's at home in a drawer and you have to go back and look for it. <laughs> exactly. But really, giving yourself a little bit of space and, you know, I'm, I definitely fell victim to this when our daughter was in elementary school. Hey, can you join the Governance Council? Yes. Yes, I can because I'm afraid to say no. I and then that, that was like two, four years. Oh, two, two years? Two yeah, okay. Years. It felt like four years. Oh, Catherine, you'd be so good at being the secretary. You're so good at taking notes. That's yeah. why I don't like compliments. Compliments yeah. make me feel Everybody like I have wants more work something to do. When they're complimenting. But actually stepping back, even if you don't have the calendar to look at, even if you want to say yes to something, practicing saying, let me get back to you, giving yourself you know, an hour a day to get back to someone lets you really consider the impact of what a yes would mean. Also, we talked about there being a spectrum between yes and no, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, and also, as part of that giving yourself some space, it, between this episode and the last episode, Donald and I had a little bit of a, a boundary issue that came to pass that we're going to uh, we're going to talk about for a second. So with pre-existing relationships, uh, like marriage for 23 years, <laughs> yeah. you get into rhythms. We, it's like you make it sound like a pre-existing condition. condition yeah, yeah, the condition of marriage. Uh, so after we recorded the last episode, uh, I asked Donald a question that was kind of an immediate, hey, you need to let me know right now. And he said, yes, uh, kind of very tentatively, a little bit upset. Um, I felt like I had cornered him. And I, I said, hey, I, I feel like I've cornered you. And he said, uh, well, I feel like I can't say no to you. Yeah. And I was like, this is a boundary issue. <laughs> uh, but it was actually really awkward because it was kind of a, a, a thing that needed to be decided quickly. Well, most of the time when Catherine wants to do something, I'm like on board with it. Uh, but you know, this was a case where I didn't actually uh, want to do it. And, you know, anyway, it was it was very hard for me. It was su very surprising because I feel like we have such a a great relationship. Yeah, it's great, great until marriage. it's hard. <laughs> but Just it, like weight loss. It was really surprising for me. Like, I did not want to say no because it was going to make you happy. And but then it made me really uncomfortable. And I was like, no, we shouldn't do it. And it was very awkward. So we realized that after 23 years of marriage, it might be a good idea for us to have a policy about awkward questions like that. Like, yeah. hey, can a baseball team come and stay at our house for a week. I don't know. Right. I'm just making that yeah, up. But yeah, like, yeah. I already said yes. No, I give you blanket permission for that one. <laughs> okay. Um, so in the awkward hour uh, of, of sort of this, uh, this rush question that I asked Donald, I realized that it was unfair of me to put him in a situation where he felt like he had to say yes. So we actually came up with a policy. I don't Maybe I came up with it and he just agreed with it because yeah, I couldn't say no. But I said, hey, how about moving forward? If something like this comes up, we give ourselves an hour of cool down before we give a response because I realized that I put him in a weird situation and he felt like he had to say yes. So after 23 years, it's okay to change your mind about things and realize that old patterns of behavior don't actually work. So again, uh, Donald couldn't maybe say, let me check my calendar. Cause yeah. I was like, I know what you're doing. You're just sitting here. <laughs> well, <laughs> you can't you, pull you that can on see me. My online calendar, but it's important to not corner uh, family members into doing things that they're not comfortable with. So uh, anyway, so that's our new policy. So we haven't had to invoke it since that one awkward situation, but it was good. Which experience. I think brings up a good point, too, which is to to not, you know, to realize when you are pressuring somebody in your yeah. life to do something that they might not be comfortable doing. And, 
it can be really difficult to understand why somebody might not want to help you with something or do something. But, you know, thinking about the circumstances in which you felt pressured into something and then realizing that you maybe should back off of the pressure is is a good policy. Well, and that is one of our huge issues like raising our daughter we're like we are never going to pressure her into doing whatever like maybe other people have pressured us into doing things like i don't want anyone to do something out of you know feeling like well i gotta do this because of Catherine. like that would be terrible to find out i know i'm not entirely sure this is exactly a boundary issue but one of the things that drives both Catherine and i crazy is when when we call somebody and they say oh wow i haven't heard from you in a long time it drives me bananas it it makes me never want to call the person ever again and so i just like we've made a commitment to like never never announce the time it's been since right, we talked to someone right or never pressure our, our uh, daughter into calling us like that's just been a th- that's going to be a policy moving forward exactly um so again so uh let me check my calendar have a cool off period where you just kind of step back and really consider the pros and cons of a situation and another thing to do because a lot of times we say yes to something is you might need more information before you can give an answer. So I used to be a wedding photographer. Someone said, hey, we're barely having a wedding. It's barely a wedding. It's at a wine bar. It's basically just a party with some wine. Right. So we want a really low price. Is that cool? And if I had said yes, then I would have been obligated to follow through. But I said, can you tell me a little bit more about what your expectations are? And it was like, well, we still want the hair and makeup and we want the first look and we want the family pictures beforehand and we want the da-da. And it ended up just being a full wedding at a wine bar. Right. But if I had taken that first bit of information and said yes i would have been angry and resentful and even if the even if the i know this is sort of not the point but even if the wedding was super low-key they wanted the photographs as if it was a full-on wedding you know so the bottom line here is asking and and i love this advice which Catherine, this is actually one of Catherine's, uh you know can you clarify the time and expectations this is going to take? Like, that is a great question to ask when somebody's asking, you know, hey, can you come help me move a couple of boxes, you know, this weekend? They're just too heavy for me. And then you find out is like an all day, like loading a moving truck situation. We've all been in that situation. And especially, there's a lot of me and examples because I obviously have boundary issues. (laughs) But joining the governance council of our daughter's school, I could have said, hey, you know what? I'll need to know a little bit more. I'll need to talk to the last secretary to see actually how much time it took. Because showing up to a meeting, which is what most of the people did, is much different than having to take copious notes, doing meeting minutes, doing scheduling. And it ended up being a lot more than I had anticipated. And then I felt locked into the decision. Like there was no way to get out of it once I said yes. Yeah. And look, I don't, Again, sometimes I I don't know how this exactly applies, but like on on TV shows and movies, there's almost always a rap party and the crew just loves the rap parties. But on many, many occasions, I was the guy who actually had to plan the rap party and make it happen. And it was like I was doing my regular job and then also you know, during the last couple weeks of filming had to, on top of that, plan an entire party for 200 plus people. You know, a lot of times it was like 400 people. 
And so I grew to hate the party, whereas everybody else just had to like show up to the right. party. And so people don't understand why I am like, I really dislike rap parties because yeah. every, for everybody else, it's just a great time. Exactly. So another thing to do once you find out an expectation of time or commitment is you can request or ask for a trial or a finite commitment to something. I have had many open-ended requests. Hey, can you walk my dog for me? Hey, can you teach me how to, you know, do whatever? Right. And lots of times I just say yes and then realize like, oh my gosh, this is forever. I I got in way more yeah. than I thought. Yeah. And I have done that. I mean, that's come up a couple of times recently where someone has asked me for something and I've said yes and it's been way more than I anticipated even now and I realize that it would have gone better if I had said you know let's try that for a month and see how it works out and then readdress it and since I've been doing that I've actually started invoking that it's made me much more comfortable about testing things out and not seeing it as forever so in looking at a trial or a finite commitment, again, we can look at it as a time commitment. Hey, let's try it out for a week. You can also decide when you are available. Oh, hey, I'd be able to do that on Tuesdays. Otherwise, I'm busy. Hey, I could do an hour a week or otherwise, you know, that that's the time commitment that I can give, which is really great because then you're still saying yes, but in a finite amount. So finally, Another thing that you can do is decide what part of a request you would be happy to take on. Sometimes someone asks us for something really big and we feel like we have to say yes. What we can do is say that we're able to do a very small part of the request. Also, keep in mind that I think saying yes can actually make things worse over time um, because I was asked not too long ago to read a script, and I knew at the time I shouldn't say yes, but I I felt really pressured because this was somebody that I, you know, that I care about and that I know was, was you know, looking for my help. And I said yes, but I barely have time to read anything. I typically, you know, I do audiobooks so that I can actually like yeah. listen in the shower or listen on my commute. I hardly have time to read anything on paper the way that my my life is set up, but I said yes anyway. And then, you know, time went by and I had barely started it and the person was, you know, was saying to me like, "What, you know, how's it going? Like, when have, you know, how far have you gotten?" and and eventually, I just had to be like, I, I'm not going to do this. I can't. And I'm sorry. And I feel like it it made it worse in the end. And if I had just said, like, you know what? I can read the first, like, 10 or 20 pages and give some feedback, you know, then that's really all I have time for. Or if I had just flat out said no, it would have been better in the long run. Yeah, but, you know, it it is really hard when we do have people who we want to please. Like, in, in our, our perfect lives, we have time to be there for everyone who calls upon us. But if we have these sort of tools in our tool belt of yes, but only an hour, yes, but only the first 10 pages or whatever, yeah. it gives us space to say yes and help a little bit, but not overextend ourselves. And another strategy is to request something in return. Quid pro quo, Clarice. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we'll call this the silence of the lambs yeah. method. Um, so, 
you could say something like, I'd be happy to house sit this week if you could help me with my garage sale next month. Ha-ha! Uh-huh. <laughs> well, but this, again, boundaries came up. Uh, I had a work situation a while ago where I, my arch enemy there, I'll say it, Whoa. Um, was really rude to me, and I decided I would never do anything nice for them again because they were so awful to me. And then a while later, a couple of years later, actually, they said, hey, can you uh, cover for me on vacation? And I wanted to write back this scathing email. How dare you? Your comeuppance yeah. has come up. Uh, like, I'd be damned. And uh, I was talking to my mother, very helpful woman. Uh, and I told her the situation. And I was like, I, j- I can't believe her audacity. And my mom said, hey, don't, don't you have a vacation coming up? And I said, yes, what does that have to do with anything, mother? <laughs> and she said, well, maybe you could quit pro quo. She didn't say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> she no, she did a perfect Anthony she, Hopkins. Um, yeah, she said, "Well, maybe you could say yes as long as you can cover for me next week or next month." And that had never occurred to me. Yeah. I'd rather just be angry and put upon and create, you know, pistols at dawn. And it turned out I emailed the woman and said, sure, can you cover for me next time? And she said, sure. So I got something out of it. And that felt a lot better than uh, just rage. Yeah, it really is a good strategy. And it can really help you feel better about helping the other person if you know that, that you know, they're, you're on equal ground with them and they're also helping you. Going back to the beginning and giving yourself that space to, hey, let me check my calendar. Hey, I looked at my calendar and I'm free that day, but I was wondering if I help you with this, can you help me with that? So, hey, I'd be happy to drive you to the airport if you can give me $20 for yes. That's a a good balance out. Yeah. I'd be happy to pay for dinner if you can cover the tip. I can't tell you how many relationships I ruined by saying I would pay for dinner and then people would buy the lobster and the $50,000 bottle of wine and I then know. I was just angry there about was it. There was one like 15 years ago. Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm still, still mad about it. I'm still mad about it. Why can't I let it go? It's but it, crazy. But that's the thing. I didn't say yes as long as you cover why it's a good way like it's a good way for me to just ghost people by being like now they've done it because they didn't know the respectable thing to do was to pay for the tip yeah we offered to treat this family and they just were ordering like bottles of lobster and and, and, like food to go and (laughs) yeah it was crazy but also in volunteer opportunities or whatever like hey i'd be happy to chair the church rummage sale but I'll need you to find me four other volunteers. A lot of times I have a terrible time delegating. I love this one. And being in a position where you're giving that person something to do for you to make it easier for you, because so many times I'll just say, fine, I'll just figure it out. Like, and if, if I don't do it, no one's going to do it. Yeah. Which was basically going to be on my gravestone at some point. Fine. I'll just have to dig my own grave, I guess, which, you know, it's very. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, but like, much? I just felt like if someone gave me something to do, that it was all my fault and I had to figure it out. So asking for assistance, I can do it if these terms are met, I think is really important. And there are, you know, millions and millions of different opportunities for boundary setting, like I said, with family and also with work. And this is kind of something that I was maybe going to say for the end, but talk about now. There are many times in work where we don't have anyone to delegate to uh, or we're overtaxed or our boss just expects us to do something. And sure, in a perfect world, everything would be balanced out and the workloads would be different. But sometimes we just have to see that it's part of our job to get something done and reframing it as this is my job and, you know, 
being happy to have the job, I think, is better than just being really resentful of your boss or of the circumstance. Yeah, for sure. Like adjusting your mindset in a, in a positive fashion can really go a long way. Well, I had a situation I worked for with someone who was my senior and my job description was one thing, but what I actually did was something else. Yeah. And I just kept saying for like 10 years, this isn't my job. Like I shouldn't be doing this. This isn't my job. And then when I finally was like, okay, I know on paper it says my job is this, but my job is actually, it was kind of like Inspector Gadget. Yeah. Like Inspector Gadget did the job, but Penny actually solved all the crimes and did all the stuff. I realized my job was Penny. My job was not Inspector Gadget. And it felt a lot better to just go like, okay, this is part of the job description. This is actually what I'm getting paid for. And just reframing it instead of just being resentful about it really helped me get through. And it actually improved our relationship when I stopped being resentful. Yeah. And, you know, this isn't exactly a boundary thing, but you just reminded me of in my own life, uh, something like 20 years ago, a boss I was working for said to me in a in a half joking, but mostly serious way. He said, you know, you're like a guy who was hired to make French fries at McDonald's. And every time somebody orders fries, you get upset. <laughs> Did that really happen? That really happened. And I, I that has stuck with me for a very long Ouch. time. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know what? <laughs> when somebody asked me to do this, this actually is my job. And I should not be upset about that. And I've really, like, I really took that to heart and have carried it with me for a long time. So that's not really a boundary thing as much as a uh, reframing thing, but still. Yeah. I yeah, that whole mindset thing and the growth mindset and the opportunity thing is still really hard for me, but it is a work in progress. And I, I remind myself that I have a growth mindset, which uh, which actually does help. And, and speaking of growth processes, uh, as we as we come into the home stretch of our boundaries uh, episode, we wanted to remind you of a few things. The first of those is that Boundaries are a process. For sure. It's not like suddenly you are imbued with the perfect resilience and the perfect thing to say and perfect self-understanding. It New things come up all the time that challenge us. It's not just suddenly now I have boundaries and everything is fine. And like I said uh, much earlier in the episode, um, it this is really hard. It yeah. is super hard for me. I mean, Catherine and I have now, you know, done a several episodes of this show about boundaries. We are aware of boundaries. We have talked about it with each other many, many times. And still, just a week ago, we had the yeah. thing come up. So it's not like this is going to magically be fixed, but it really is important to work on this and practice it. Um, if, you know, in order to maintain all of your health and fitness goals and whatever other goals you have, you know, if you keep saying yes to all of these things, it is really hard to focus on on yourself. For sure. And I mean, and part of that and, you know, many of us are in longstanding relationships with longstanding relationships and longstanding routines and boundaries that are just like, well, I'm always the one who does the dishes or I'm always the one who does it this oh, way. Oh, yeah. And it can build up resentment in relationships. And when this boundary thing happened with Donald and I, part of it was like, hey, Donald, 
we're doing a topic on boundaries right now. (laughs) And I feel like maybe we have a boundary issue and maybe we should figure it out. And it was really uncomfortable. But one good thing about podcasts, everybody, is that you can say, hey, you know what? I was listening to a podcast the other day that was talking about boundaries. And it made me think about how things run in the house. Or it made me think about how we manage this. Like, maybe this is an opportunity for us to look at what we could do better. Because after 23 years, you just sort of think that everything was fine. But if we don't actually say what we need from each other and re-examine it, we're not going to go another 30 years and be like, well, you never back in 2021, you never did the thing that I said. It's much better to have the weird, awkward conversation. In the moment, it's really awkward. Yeah. But then it's easy after that. It lets go of just a lot of that resentment that we hold and that we turn to food for, which is really huge. Uh, that reminds me, I was listening to this podcast recently it, that said that wives should give their husbands back rubs on a regular basis. Oh my basis. gosh. <laughs> I, okay. You brought it up. I gave Donald a back rub like 20 years ago, and he woke up in the middle of the night with back spasms, yeah. and I've never had to do it since, everybody. <laughs> you know, if, you, if, you, if there's something you really don't want to do, just be do really bad at it, and no oh one my, will ask you I to think do it he again. Had to, did you go to the hospital yeah. that night, or no, was it another time? No, I didn't time? go to the hospital. Okay, yeah. all right. But another thing that we forget is that we can change our mind. If we've said yes to something, if we've gotten too far into something that was beyond what our scope was, or if our priorities change, goodness knows we say yes to something and then we have some extreme life event or some other priority comes up. I used to be angry when other people would assert a boundary and stop something. Like when I was in governance, I wanted to quit, but didn't. And then someone else quit. And I was like, oh, now that they quit, now I can't quit. I'm like, anybody can quit and do whatever they need to do to take care of themselves. And them asserting a boundary is them changing their mind. And I used to think that that was rude. And it turns out it's self-preservation. Yeah. And I think that we, it's one of those things that we, from the time we are young children, we have it pounded into our heads that like, you know, I'm no quitter. You don't want to be a quitter. You don't No. Once you commit to something, no son of mine's going to quit anything. And like it, it is really not a disaster to quit things. Like, I mean, look, we all hate to leave people in the lurch, et cetera, but you know, if you really need to focus on yourself, it is okay. Well, and two, it's that opportunity to go back if you have said yes and go back and say, hey, things have changed. My time commitment has changed. I can only do a week or I can only do this for the next two weeks. I can only do this part of it. I can only read a chapter. I can only listen to one song, whatever it is, decide what new term you can set. And that kind of ties into, you know, the the next point, which is it's okay to sit with the discomfort of not agreeing or letting someone down. If the entire relationship, I mean, if you really go out of your way to ruin someone else by pulling out of like, oh, I was going to give the inaugural speech at the president thing. And then you're like, later days, I've got a thing (laughs) going on. Um, You know, maybe that is a really big extreme thing, but it's okay to not agree with everyone. It's okay to have different boundaries. We've all been there where the president's asked us to give a speech at the inauguration and we had to bail. Sure. No, but, you know, it. I had a situation, I know I talked about in the last episode, a couple of really uncomfortable boundary issues that I decided I needed to address. And in one circumstance, uh, I took my own advice and I, from wherever I heard, it's okay to disagree. Yeah. And in the conversation with the person, I said, you know what? 
it's okay that we don't see eye to eye on this. It's okay that this is uncomfortable. And you know what the person said? No, it's not. And they stormed out of the situation. Yeah. (laughs) That was really awkward, but not as awkward as me giving in to what they wanted when I was uncomfortable with it. So it's okay to sit with the discomfort of not agreeing. And in a bigger punctuation mark, other people might not like your boundaries. They might not agree with them. And like relationships can be disrupted. Yeah. And that's the price we pay for owning a little piece of our heart and our soul because the alternative is us sitting with anger and resentment and distrust. And then we usually eat about it and roll our eyes and just, you know, write people out of our wills, which was kind of like the last way I would, I would, that's yeah. why I never understood why people would write people out of wills, but then I realized it was a boundary issue. So. Exactly. But, you know, sometimes it is worth it you know, to disrupt those relationships to to really take care of yourself. And sometimes you have to decide whether it's worth it or not. But um, in the long run, your health and fitness should be a priority. And, and it can really be worth it sometimes to disrupt a relationship to make that a priority. And there are going to be times when there are boundaries that we are not yet ready to assert. We're not saying that you go through your day saying you're going to check your calendar to 50 different things, or there's going to be an uncomfortable situation that might just be too big to figure out yet, which is why we suggest that you start small. Practice saying, let me check my calendar. Even if you want to say yes to something, build that muscle of taking a little bit of distance between your answer. Get people used to the idea that you have other priorities. You don't have to have your calendar booked in order to say no. But there are still things in my life that are big issues that I am just not in a position to actually deal with yet. And it's okay if that's the situation to just kind of not put it out of your mind, but lean into, okay, I've chosen not to make this boundary a priority right now so that you don't have that discomfort about it. And then also sort of tell yourself, and I don't need to eat about it. This is just something that I'm not ready to deal with yet. And that's okay. We're not saying, you know, uproot your entire life because of three boundary episodes of We Only Look Thin. Yeah. And also when you do say yes to something, one option is to really lean into that yes. Like, If you say yes, understand that you said yes. So I said yes to this. So I'm really going to do this and I'm really going to be happy about it. And I'm not going to just, you know, be secretly stomping my feet and pounding my fist and rolling my eyes and being upset about it. Like understand that in the end, you are an adult who's responsible for saying that yes. And it can really help mindset-wise make you feel better about doing whatever it is. Well, and I think, too, you know, we've all done that situation where we're like, fine, okay, and then we, you know, stomp around and huff. And it's really gross for everybody. Yeah. Like, I don't want anyone to be like, fine, I'll record a podcast with you. I don't even want to, but whatever. 
Like when I say anyone, we've I all mean, been there. No, but you know, there are situations where we resentfully say yes to something, and it's a really childish way to act. And look, I'm still guilty of it. But there was something that came up in June where I said yes to something, and I was like, "Well, you know, I'm not doing this for me, and I'm not even." Right. You know, I'm like, "How old am I? Like, come on now!" And I said, "You know, it would feel." And Gretchen Rubin talks about this: is like act the way you want to feel. Okay, I'm leaning into this. Yes, I said I was going to volunteer for the thing. Right. I'm excited about it. This is going to be a great way to spend my day because I said yes. And instead of just glaring at people and expecting them to understand, like, that's so gross and ugly and very teenager. So I'm really trying to lean into yeses when I say yes and really act the way I want to feel, which is like I'm, you know, part of a team, like I'm doing something for someone else, like it's appreciated and just go with it and stop being resentful and then eating about it, which I guess eating about it is basically the end of all the sentences that I'll all say. All of the sentences. So speaking of saying yes to things, thank you so much much to saying yes to listening to our episodes uh you've now had three in a row about boundaries so you did all of it your, so all of your boundary issues should be fixed by now totally now solved to congratulations <laughs> thank you so much for listening in all seriousness we appreciate each and every one of you and uh you can listen to all of our episodes wherever you found this one and they are also all available on our website at weonlylookthin.com and if you are at weonlylookthin.com you can click on join our support group and find out more about Walt Place We Only Look Thin Place it is an online Facebook account accountability group and support group for women. Uh, it is not a weight loss plan, but it is a support group to support you and your goals as you are becoming the person you want to be. Yeah. And also to help support you assert boundaries. Oh, you, know, yeah. you have a lot of people going through the same things or similar things as you and, and you can really bounce things off of them and get advice on how to do it. And also just, you know, cheerleaders yeah. to, to help you, you know, stick to your, uh, stick to your guns, so to speak. Yeah. And we have two different subscription options a month option with a three-day complimentary trial and a three-month option with a seven-day complimentary trial to see if Wolt Place is right for you. And we're looking for women just like you to join. Sure. So if you'd like to connect with us in other ways, uh, you can email us to weonlylookthin at gmail.com. Uh, we're happy to answer questions. It may take us a little while to get back to you, but uh, we do reply. Um, we also love hearing episode ideas from you. We've taken several listener emails and turned them into episodes. Uh, we would love to hear topics that you think we're not talking enough about. Um, topics you think we're talking too much about. Uh, we uh, love to hear from you at weonlylookthin at gmail.com. Yep, and you can also find us on the socials at uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at weonlylookthin. And uh, if you would like to do us a favor, and I'm sure you do, please go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show. Uh, at least rate the show, preferably five stars. It really helps us out the more ratings and reviews we get. The more uh, people uh, find us, you know, Apple boosts their search results when they're looking for shows like ours uh, if we have uh, more ratings and reviews, so it would really help us out. Yeah, and if you're setting a boundary saying, oh, no, no, I will not go to Apple, I won't do that, <laughs> no, thank you, um, maybe you could just tell someone else about the show. Maybe yeah. you could spread the word, uh, grow our audience that way. That would also be super duper fun and cool of you. Super duper fun and cool. 
So the next time you're at a party that you just don't want to leave because it's too super fun, just remember that Catherine and I are an inspiration. The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program.